1: with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant Winner DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code HOOPS. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code HOOPS. That's H O O P S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8 HOPE and Y or text HOPE and Y to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888- Seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner: Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com/football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope all of you guys had an incredible weekend. We are live on AMP, so if you're watching on YouTube or listening on our podcast feeds, don't forget that AMP is the very first place that you guys can get these shows. We are continuing our power rankings today with number 11, the Dallas Mavericks. A full season preview on them coming up, and then I've got two mailbag questions as well. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT. Don't forget about our podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. And I need mailbag questions, so continue to drop those in the YouTube comments so we can hit them at the end of the shows. All right, let's talk some basketball. So this was one of the 10 worst teams in the league last year, and I have them all the way up at eleven, and there are three reasons for that. Number one, I think Luka's amazing. I know Mavericks fans are all mad at me for putting him down at ten, but I try to be clear with the way my player rankings work. My player, my player rankings are not vacuum player rankings. Obviously, if there are vacuum player rankings where we forget about what happened with with the specific teams and their result last year, and we purely look at who a basketball player is and what he's capable of Luca's going to be a lot higher for me but last year obviously was not a pretty year for the Mavericks uh, specifically down the stretch of the season wasn't Luca's best basketball of his career and so obviously the guys that were ahead of him were guys that all made deep playoff runs my p- uh, player rankings are more of like a recognition like think of them as like almost like an award ceremony from that season right so like that's the way my player rankings work. It, work. it wasn't a shot at Luca. It's just the way my system works. If I was ranking players in a vacuum, Luca would be either three or four, depending on how I feel about Giannis on any given day. And lately, I've been pretty down on Giannis because I think he's declining a little bit in some pivotal areas. So obviously, I think very highly of Luca. I, he's not perfect. There are some things that he does that drive me a little crazy. I wish he'd let let up on the refs a little bit. The the way he's been going after the refs, especially in FIBA this summer, is not a good look, in my opinion, and I think it's a distraction for him. So there are some things that I, I think he needs to improve his overall effort and, and focus on the defensive end. I think, obviously, he needs to improve his conditioning and things like that, but like those are just little things. Obviously, as a basketball player, Luka's one of my favorites. And he represents an archetype of player that is my personal favorite archetype, the archetype that I think is the most impactful, which is the big rim pressuring playmaking forward. I've always been drawn to that type of player. It's why LeBron is my favorite type of player. It's uh, a big a big reason why I believe in Luka so much in the big picture, but... To be clear, there are three reasons why I have the Mavericks so high despite them missing the playoffs last year, and it's one, I think Luka is amazing, and I think he's very much capable of flipping the script off of what happened last year. Second reason, I love the Kyrie Irving fit. Not only has he had experience winning a championship alongside another rim-pressuring playmaking forward, but he's playing a really high level of basketball right now. Played a really high level of basketball with the Mavs last year, and I think him and uh, Luca complement each other very well. He also brings some like different change-of-pace stuff that I think will really help the Mavericks in the long run. We'll talk about that when we get to the offensive end of the floor. The third reason is they've had massive roster turnover. They've swapped out a bunch of players that are not necessarily known for being guys who excel in the dirty work for high-motor athletes. And those high-motor athletes should help them specifically in the areas they struggled last year. This was one of the worst defenses in the league last year. This was the worst rebounding team in the league last year. They needed an influx of athleticism and motor, and they made that happen. So let's start with an off-season Recap and take a look at uh, uh, what specifically changed over in the roster. So they lost Davis Bertans, Reggie Bullock, Justin Holiday, Javale McGee, Frank Ntilikina, Theo Pinson, Christian Wood, and McKinley Wright. That's eight players out of the uh, out of the uh, um, off the roster that all played at a, a specific points during the season last year. Right? They added a bunch of different guys. I want to talk about the perimeter guys in a minute. Let's focus on the the dirty work guys, the athletes to start. So, they brought in Derek Jones Jr., uh, obviously a freak athlete, one of the freakiest athletes in the league. He'll help them with some contested rebound situations and he's a good defensive playmaker. He actually gets a lot of steals and blocks per 36 minutes. He just doesn't play as much as some of his peers around the league, but he will help them with uh, uh some specific things in the defensive and rebounding areas of the game. Rashawn Holmes didn't play much last year obviously in Sacramento, but he is an excellent rebounder. Um, there was like a five-year stretch in a row where he uh, averaged over 10 rebounds per 36 minutes. And he's a very good short-roll player. He's got a really accurate floater that he makes about two-thirds of the time. And that specifically, I think, is a really nice fit with Luka because so many teams blitz him in pick-and-roll or hard hedge on him in pick-and-roll, which opens up that short-roll pass. Having a guy that can make plays there is... Uh, there is valuable. I think Rashawn's a really nice fit there. Derek Lively, we did a full breakdown of him in our um, draft reaction. So if you want the full scouting report on Derek Lively, just go a bit bit further back in our feed. But to make a long story short, he's a young, raw center prospect. And he has the potential to become the fulcrum of a great defense, but obviously he's young. We'll see how much he ends up playing this year. Later in the first round, they took Olivier, uh, or I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it, Olivier Maxens Prosper, A freaky athletic wing um, that has a great motor, specifically will excel with the things that the Mavericks need so badly, which is just someone that's big, strong, and can run and jump and and plays hard all the time. Um, I actually think he has a chance to play a lot more than Derek Lively in this particular season, but we will see. Uh, Grant Williams, in a sign-and-trade with the Boston Celtics, a really nice pickup at the forward position to help in their best lineups. He's a little undersized. He's only about six seven with shoes on, but he does have long arms. And he competes on defense. And he's a very good rebounder for his size. For being a guy who's only about six seven, for him to get, you know, six and a half rebounds per thirty six minutes, that's pretty effective rebounding. And he can shoot. He's a 58% effective field goal percentage catch-and-shoot jump shooter last year. 68% when he was wide open, and I expect him to get a lot of wide-open looks with the Mavericks. That tells me when he gets his feet set and he gets to his muscle memory, that thing's probably going in. He's going to make almost half of them, so that's a a really interesting stat there. And he's got some off-the-dribble juice. He can actually put the ball on the floor and make some plays... Attacking a mismatch here or there, late clock situations, rescue possessions, attacking closeouts. He was good for 1.08 points per possession in spot up situations, which is really good. And he finished at the rim well for a Ford. He also was 10 for 14 from the field in ISOs last year, which is really good, albeit in small sample size. Like, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. The 14 times they tossed him the ball and he went to work, he scored on 10 of them. That's pretty impressive. Um, he's that starting caliber forward that they desperately needed that they lost from uh, in the Kyrie Irving trade in the form of Dorian Finney Smith. Obviously, I would prefer Dor- uh, you prefer Dorian Finney Smith. He's a better defensive player, um, a better athlete, a better rebounder. I like in the long run, like it'd be ideal if you could have someone like that. But you had to get Kyrie Irving, and Dorian Finney Smith was a vehicle with which you got Kyrie Irving. So you needed to replace that going after um, Grant Williams. I thought that was a really smart way to make that happen. I think Grant's a good player. He was stuck on a super talented roster, not getting as many minutes as he probably would have in another situation. And I actually think he might end up starting. We'll talk about the starting lineup here in a minute. But of the five guys I just mentioned, four of them have reputations for being high motor guys. And Derek Lively is the only one who's not like that. And he actually does play hard. It's just more uh, other limitations that can cause some problems for him. And he's just super young and super raw. So really, all five of them have the potential to help them in these areas in the long run. Uh, they added a couple of guards as well. They brought in Seth Curry, who's one of the best backup guards in the league. He was 1.05 points per possession in pick and roll last year, which is good. 1.14 points per possession in spot-up possessions. That's awesome. 60% effective field goal percentage on catch-and-shoot jump shots. That's awesome. 55% in pull-up Uh, situations that's awesome so one of the best shooters in the league one of the best off ball guards in the league couldn't do much better than him off the bench in my opinion I think that's a really nice pickup I also think you're going to see some crazy lineups out there occasionally where you see Luka Kyrie and Seth Curry out there and they're going to be damn near impossible to guard when that happens we'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit uh, Dante Exum fresh off of the FIBA World Cup with Australia is coming to play with the Mavericks now. He's been out of the league the last 2 years, but he had a really good season overseas last year. 1.05 points per pick and roll, 1.29 points per iso, which is like off the charts good. 1.16 points per post up and he shot the shit out of the ball last year 65% effective field goal percentage on catch and shoot jump shots 50% on pull up jump shots 68% at the rim now his off the dribble stuff did not work super well with FIBA but he did shoot well in catch and shoot situations so he's on a pretty long streak of being a competent shooter so I think that uh, could buy him some minutes in the rotation as well given the nature of their predicament where they were at the end of the season, I think that's a pretty solid one summer rebuild to turn over your role player contingent and make yourself a competent basketball team. So let's take a look at the depth chart at guard. You're going to have Kyrie Irving, Tim Hardaway, Jr. Seth Curry, Dante Exum, and Jaden Hardy. Uh, again, for the sake of, um, this specific depth chart, I'm always looking more at way, the ways that players fit defensively because what your position is is who you can guard in the NBA, right? So Luca obviously functions as a point guard for this team, but I'm going to call him a forward on this list. Grant Williams as well. Uh, Maxi Kleber. Kleba, I should say, Josh Green, Olivier Maxon's prosper and Derek Jones Jr. And then at the center position, Dwight Powell, Rashawn Holmes, and Derek Lively. And we all know Maxi Kleba can play some backup center as well. So the question becomes who's going to start. And the two obvious ones are Luka and Kyrie, right? I think Dwight Powell will start at center. Um, he's consistently started over Kleba in his career with the Mavericks. I like Rashawn Holmes more is a bench big anyway because he's not the best defender in the world. And um, I actually think he makes a ton of sense to bring in as a, almost like an energy boost at the middle of the second quarter, right? And then Dwight Powell has basically started every game that he's been available under Jason Kidd. Not all of them, but most of them under Jason Kidd. So he's probably just the safest bet to start, regardless of how you feel about which player should start. It's a safe bet that Jason Kidd's going to go with Dwight Powell at center. Um, at the four. I think it's probably going to be Grant Williams. I think he slots really well at the four next to Dwight Powell. Um, you just signed him to a long-term deal at what basically amounts to starter money. So I just think I don't think you go to all the trouble to bring Grant Williams in to play somebody else at that position. So I think that'll end up being Grant Williams. They didn't play Maxi Kleba alongside Dwight Powell a lot last year. Um, so I don't think it'll be Maxi although it's always always on the table as you know. Maxi's a really dynamic defensive player and can shoot the ball. so theoretically you could play him at the four, but I think it'll end up being Grant Williams. So the question becomes who plays the three? Now, if I've got, you know, Kyrie and Luka, and I've got uh, Dwight Powell and Grant Williams, you know, I've got three big and strong players. Um, I've got a lot of uh, of strength and size and guys that can rebound in, with guys like Luka and with Grant Williams in there. But what I don't have is like quickness, right? So what I need in this spe- specific situation is I need a good perimeter defensive player that can also knock down shots. And so it really comes down to, we're looking at the depth chart, the two guys that make the most sense to be considered here are going to be either Josh Green or Tim Hardaway Jr. I'd go with Josh Green. For, for starters, I just think he's a better player right now. I think he's a better defensive player Um, And he took a significant leap in his offensive development last year. Like, that was one of the big things I was on from the beginning of the year. Like, holy shit, Josh Green got way better. And I'm always amazed when I see stuff like that because I don't think – uh, people and all of you who have played basketball will know exactly what I'm talking about here. But improvements with jump shooting and ball handling typically are incremental. It typically takes a very, very long time to have a small improvement in those areas. And so to see a dude make a significant improvement tells you that he made a significant commitment in the offseason to address that. This was a crazy turnaround, and it was motivated by a bad playoff performance. If you guys remember the year before, the year the Mavs went to the conference finals, both Frank Nilakina and Josh Green got opportunities off the bench to come in and play, but neither of them can consistently knock down the corner three. That ended up being a problem, right? Josh Green clearly identified that in that playoff run and was like, I got to fix this shit so I can play, and he did. He went from 53% to 61% in effective field goal percentage on catch-and-shoot jump shots. That's an 8% improvement year over year. From 37% to 53% in pull-up jump shots, effective field goal percentage. That's a 16% improvement. He got better at attacking closeouts. He got better at making reads. I even think he got better defensively. So like Josh Green legitimately made a massive leap last summer. That means that, that tells me that his head's in the right place. That tells me he's competitive in all the right ways. It tells me that he wants to do whatever it takes to help the team, and I, and I think that just makes him a, a better a better player to put your vote of confidence in at the three, if that makes sense. So, like, I almost look at the long term set as those three guys being Kyrie, Luca, and and Josh Green as like the long term solutions at the one, two, three. Will Grant Williams be your long term uh, forward? Who knows. Will Dwight Powell, uh, Dwight Powell be your long-term center. Who knows? But like, it feels right to me that Josh Green is the guy that you invest in. That like, for the next three to four years, if you can get Kyrie to stay, will end up being like your your starting three. I, I think, and I think he makes a lot of sense as like a strong, athletic, but slightly undersized three to be that modern three in the NBA. So I really like the idea of going with Josh Green. So that means you would have a starting lineup with Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Josh Green, Grant Williams, and Dwight Powell. That's a lot of talent, and then they'd have options. They have real positional depth. You can go to Seth Curry at the three and just have a ton of shooting. You can go with Maxi Kleba at the four and have a little bit more size and athleticism in the front court, right? Um, Derek Jones Jr. is an option. You can go to Rashawn Holmes if you want a a short role player that's got a little bit more pop in the mid range than Dwight Powell does, right? Like, what if Dante Exum ends up being useful? What if one of these young kids? Uh, uh, what if what if like a Prosper pops as like a Athletic four that comes in and and can make plays. Like they they just have a lot of depth and and options that they didn't have in the past. I'd love to see some lineups with like Kleba at the five, with Grant Williams at the four, Seth Curry, Kyrie, and Luca, where like you just have five guys that can dribble shoot and pass and and how ridiculously difficult it would make them to guard right so there's just a lot that this particular Mavericks offer uh, uh, roster has to offer that last year's did not and so i think i think that justifies a significant increase in their potential over what we saw last year
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pre-game barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with all state to save and get protected from mayhem like this bundled savings variant are not available in every state coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions we are welcoming a new show to iheart in the DraftKings
1: youtube channel it is called point game with john wall and cj toledano of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, Come to ANG to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. It's something that I've always been a big believer in. When Usually when you try to take on a project that you don't know how to do, it ends up just being a bigger headache as you try to learn and then you end up making mistakes and it ends up just not being worth it. Not only can a professional get the job done more efficiently, but you're also supporting local businesses in your area. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job is done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process. Angie makes completing home projects easy. Angie has cost guides to tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. The app is free and easy to use. We all know the difficulties that can come with home projects. Angie makes tackling your project as simple as possible from start to finish. Turn to Angie with confidence, even for major renovations or emergency repairs. Are you renting? Even renters can come to Angie for moving installations and cleaning. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. So on the offensive end, as we all know, the Mavericks play basically the purest form of modern heliocentric basketball. They're going to let Luka Doncic bring the ball up the floor every single time. Uh, And when he takes a possession off, he'll give it to Kyrie. And then when they stagger each other, whichever one's on the floor will be the guy that's determining most of these possessions. He's going to slowly work his way up the floor call for a ball screen, and if he gets a switch, he'll attack an iso. If he gets that, uh, uh, whatever the coverage that he sees in pick and roll, he's going to make the right decision. If it's a if it's a blitz, he's going to easily get the ball to the short roll. If it's a drop coverage, he's going to get downhill and put the defender in jail and take some sort of push shot in the short range, right? Like if he gets a switch, he's going to take the big guy out to the perimeter and try to work him off the dribble. He's going to work some guard-to-guard screen so that he can try to get a small on him and take him to the post. It's just heliocentric, your defense Basketball, and that's what he's the best at. And he was the very best pick and roll ball handler in the league last year. He scored 1.15 points per pick and roll. Out of the 15 players in the NBA to run at least a thousand, he was number one. So there's nobody in the league better at picking teams apart and pick and roll the way that Luka Doncic. Does. Uh as a team, the Mavericks were by far the most efficient pick and roll offense overall. As a team, they averaged 1.10 points per possession. The Bucks were in second place at 1.06. And it really just comes down to, like I just talked about, Luca as this like offensive fulcrum. And we've did the whole breakdown on what Luke is capable of in the player rankings, so I won't get into it today. But the important thing with Luca is it's not just what he's capable of, it's really smart spacing principles. They always have guys in the uh, in both corners. They always have a shooter that can knock down a long distance three on the right wing, and they always have a role man that can make decisions. And then when they go five out with Maxi Kleba, it's a clear paint for them to operate. Those modern spacing principles, always having guys in every spot that are capable of knocking down shots consistently at a rate that's not tenable for the defense. That's what allows the Mavericks to be as dynamic as they are offensively. They were sixth in spot up efficiency last year, and I actually expect them to go. Up a level this year. I think more improvement from Josh Crane bringing Seth, uh, um, bringing Seth Curry into the picture. Luka and Kyrie getting better at playing off of each other. I, I actually think they're going to be even better in their spacing um, and spot up effective, uh, effectiveness this year. And it's just incredibly high end ball handling. When you have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, it's unfair because you finally get Luka to take a possession off and he's tossing the ball to Kyrie freaking Irving, man. And, and I know that Kyrie gets a lot of, of, of negativity online because of his off-the-court stuff. And look, I'm not here trying to defend that stuff. Like, I I have a huge problem with Kyrie stepping away from a basketball team that he's committed to a goal with to, like, go to his sister's birthday party or whatever it was he did two years ago or, like, some of the other things that we've encountered over the years. I'm not a big fan of that. It's just as a – I think as a teammate, you have an obligation to your to your teammates to – participate in that ultimate goal with them. And like if you're not committed to that goal for whatever reason, you need to confide in them about that so they can proceed without you, if that makes sense, right? But that was a Brooklyn Nets issue, and so far he's been good with the Mavs. And in his time in a Dallas Mavericks jersey, he was freaking incredible. 27 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists on 63% true shooting in a Mavs jersey. He was also the Mavs, for as bad as they were down the stretch of the season, they had a plus 6 net rating with Kyrie Irving on the floor, meaning they outscored teams by six points per 100 possessions. Say what you want about the, the the Mavs after the deadline. Kyrie was not the problem. And there were a couple of specific things that he brought that I really, really appreciated. And a lot of it was just change of pace. Like, you know, um, Jalen Brunson was very methodical too. And so there was like a very methodical approach from both him and Luka and Kyrie Irving has like a real pace and I don't mean pace from the standpoint of like up and down the floor transition pace although Kyrie does play with more pace than Luka but Kyrie's not a super high pace player either but he does play with more pace in the half court what does that mean Less methodical in the half court. Not a a bad thing. Luca being methodical, I think, is a strength of his. It's how he strangles the pace of games and how he throws his opponents off of rhythm. But Kyrie does bring a change of pace. He attacks quickly. He won't take 37 dribbles to get the matchup that he wants. Once he gets the ball, he attacks right away and i think that brings a really nice change up or it's more like the fastball to lucas change up right but i actually really like that combination because it gives it that, that that kind of change of pace like you're you're you have two or three possessions in a row where lucas methodically doing something and as an off-ball defender, you have more time to kind of digest what's taking place, and then next thing you know, here comes Kyrie off a dribble handoff, and he's already downhill, and he's making a counter move, and, and it just happens so much more quickly with Kyrie, and that change of pass, uh, that change of pace, I think helps them a lot, but. Um, the aggregate ball handling and shooting on this roster is what makes me so excited to see them play this year. Like I said, if you throw Seth, if you throw Seth Curry into that mix, Grant Williams obviously has a 4 that can shoot. Maxi Kleba has a 5 that can shoot. They have a lot of potential to cause teams a lot of problems offensively. They were already good offensively last year. I actually think, and this is one of my big predictions for the season, I think the Mavericks will have the best offense in the NBA next year by offensive rating. They were already the best half-court offense in the league last year, averaging 105 points per 100 half-court possessions. So, that, Simply put, the Mavs got better this summer, and uh, they're going to have the continuity of a full training camp. I think you're going to get a a, a more in-shape Luka than usual coming off of FIBA, although I heard he's had a little bit of an injury that he's dealing with. I think I think this is going to be a big bounce-back year for the Mavs. Now defensively last year they were terrible. We're not going to dive too far into it cuz they have all different players, but they were 25th in defensive rating, 23rd in half court defense, 22nd defending the paint and dead last in rebounding. Um now do I think they're going to be elite defensively this year? No. But if you guys remember what we talked about in the Sacramento Kings video, to me there's when you're that bad, it's effort. Like personnel is going to have a limitation on your top end, right? Like you're not going to be able to have a top 10 defense with the Dallas Mavericks with the type of personnel that they have around the floor that's not elite defensively, right? But if you get your point of attack guys to commit, right? So, like, if uh, if Josh Green has a good point of attack season, if you get Kyrie and Luka Doncic to commit, um, if you have a culture that you set from training camp on where the team has good habits and competitiveness on the defensive end of the floor – there's no reason why you can't be a around like the 15th, 16th best defense in the league. This is where I look more at Denver as a comp. Now, you remember with the Kings, I said that was a bad comp because the Kings wanted to be the offense-first team that didn't need to commit to defense to win, but for starters, they were atrocious defensively, and two, their offense was a little bit more smoke and mirrors as we saw the Warriors hold them to an offensive rating below 110, right? The difference is, is the Mavericks were truly unguardable. They had a top tier superstar in Nikola Jokic that was many levels better than guys like De'Aaron Fox, right? And Demonis Sabonis. So he was unguardable and able to overcome the playoff dip that so many players experience. And then the off ball players complimented him really well. Jamal Murray played like a superstar in the playoffs. Their offense was so transcendently great that they only needed to be average defensively. This Dallas Mavericks team has that potential. Even if the Kings were the 15th best defense this year, I would give them 0% chance to win the title. Why? Because they do not have the top-end offensive talent to be that difficult to hang with in a seven-game series four times, right? Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving absolutely are that dangerous. That's how highly I view Luka. I view him in the same tier. In a vacuum as someone like Nikola Jokic is a playoff offensive fulcrum, Kyrie Irving is the perfect complementary piece. There's no reason in the world that if the Mavericks don't get up to 15 in defense, and that to me is just like kind of a benchmark to demonstrate that they're committed to the details. Because they don't have to be great, but they have to be committed to the details. They have to be good enough defensively to allow their top end offensive talent to clear the way this was a good this team is going to be an interesting kind of case study in whether or not the Dallas excuse me the Denver Nuggets from last year are kind of like a uh, uh, like a one-off or like the exception that proves the rule or an example of a new trend in the NBA which would demonstrate that high-end offensive talent is actually more important than defensive talent in the new era this team is a good case study for that and I'm curious to see what they can pull off so I think they're gonna be a middling seed in the regular season, somewhere between five and eight. Uh, I just don't think they're gonna rip off regular season games. I just I don't think they're talented enough. Uh, but I do view them as like a bona fide puncher's chance team to beat anybody in the playoffs. Like I give them a chance to beat Denver. I'd give them a chance to beat the Lakers. I would give them a chance to beat the Suns. like Luca and Kyrie. If they find a good four or five guys from the rest of that roster that are committed to the defensive end and that can knock down shots, they're just going to be a handful. They're going to be a handful to beat in a playoff series, four times out of seven. So all of that is why I have them up at 11, despite missing the playoffs last year. Very, very excited to see the Mavericks this year. All right, let's talk about our mailbag questions. First one from Michael. If you were to realistically improve the Warriors' size, which players do you think they can sign? Um I saw a lot of Warriors fans talking over the uh uh over the last couple of days about the Dwight Howard situation and uh uh you Warriors fans that watch the show will know that I basically said don't expect much from Dwight and I actually thought it was smart for them to move past Dwight I didn't think he was someone that could particularly help them not to mention the fact that like when push comes to shove this is going to be a Sarich, Draymond uh Looney front court like those three guys are going to get all the front court minutes when it comes down to it at, uh in big moments right so um I like that move as far as like signing a player to address size issues we I, I dealt with the same issue covering the Lakers as someone who was a fan of the Lakers uh last offseason where it's like man where's where's the size there's all these guards where are the forwards like how are they going to contend with the athleticism of these other teams how are they going to fix this problem and you find out pretty quickly that the veteran minimum free agent market just doesn't have those players. You're going to find freak athletes that don't know how to play basketball, and you're going to find like veteran dudes who know how to play basketball but can't contend physically anymore. That's pretty much why they're not signed to rosters right now. So the reality is, is the only way that the Warriors are going to dramatically increase their size with playable guys is via trade or via one of their young guys popping. It's got to be Moody taking a leap. It's got to be. Kuminga taking a leap. It's got to be trading those guys for a veteran forward. That's the only way you're going to see a significant improvement in the Warriors perimeter size, in particular interior size. I I just don't think a veteran minimum signing is going to address that problem. All right, last question from Xander. If Giannis asks for a trade, where would you like to see him go? So to be clear, I don't think this will happen. But I would just as a basketball fan, I would love to see Giannis with Luka. The main reason why is I think they would cause the most, I think they would form the most devastating two-man game in the history of basketball. When you're talking about a role man that is impossible to stop, barreling towards the basket, who has all the nimbleness and footwork to get around defenders around the rim and finish everything. Giannis is one of the most underrated passers in the league because people are so focused on him running and jumping and dunking that they don't realize that he sees the floor better than most forwards do. You're talking about a, a, a screener that would get Luka better separation than he has at any point in his career because of the role gravity of someone like Giannis. I think the two of them would be absolutely devastating together and uh it's a good thing that this will never happen and it's a good thing that it hasn't happened because I don't think they'd lose a lot of games if the two of them were together but that's definitely would that definitely as a basketball kind of fantasy situation would be my dream um uh, uh, Giannis destination the Dallas Mavericks all right guys that is all I have for today as always I sincerely appreciate you for supporting the show we will be back tomorrow with number 10 I'll see you guys then